All right, let's bring on the Bear Cave Substack author here, Edwin Dorsey. Welcome back. Thanks so much for having me on, Mitch. It's always fun to be on Benzinga. Definitely glad to have you back. You know, one thing was first, I was actually, I think, trading when I had this news kind of hit the tape. And someone says, short report on Coinbase. And I, you know, I just pull up my pro and I take a look and I said, hold on, I know that name, the Bear Cave. We're going to have to bring Edwin on and find out all about this. So excited to go ahead and dive on into Coinbase. Of course, uh, you guys put out a newsletter. And if you guys haven't done so before, definitely follow the Bear Cave. Let's go into Coinbase. Let's see what you guys were looking at here, uh, pointing towards the downside. The first thing that caught my eye, of course, were kind of the bankruptcy concerns. Tell me a little bit about this and why do you guys see some concerns here? So there's no real immediate risk to Coinbase right now for a potential bankruptcy. They have about a $15 billion market cap. They have about $5 billion of cash. There's no immediate concern right there. But at the end of Q1, they added this interesting disclaimer saying that in the event of a bankruptcy, if it were to occur, not that it's likely anytime soon, uh, customers could be treated as uh, unsecured creditors. And normally, like if you're at a bank and have deposits or if you're at Morgan Stanley and have deposits, like that money is yours, regardless of whether the institution goes bankrupt or not. So a lot of people in the crypto world were spooked to say, wait a second, I, I got a ton of Bitcoin, Ethereum or whatever at Coinbase. And if they for some reason went under, my coins might not be secure. So the whole idea of being kind of independent of the financial system Here's another potential disadvantage of if you're using Coinbase. And while there's like no immediate risk of bankruptcy right now, they are losing a billion dollars a quarter. And if that continues, they have about five months of cash runway left. And if you look online, the moment that news came out, it was a ton of negative publicity. There were people on YouTube talking about how you should move out of Coinbase. And because it's such like a rich, intense environment, I, I think it's another talking point competing exchanges can use to potentially take people away from Coinbase, which is one of the big risks here. Of course, when this one came out, it, it seemed like it was an investor favorite, at least from analysts out there. I remember uh, calls of 400, 300, and uh, now we're at $74. So uh, it definitely has been seemed like the competition has been getting tight here for Coinbase. Tell me a little bit about the highly competitive space that they're in and what you see in the competition. So Mitch, as I kind of highlighted in my article, Coinbase maybe two years ago was the dominant platform. Now that's totally not the case. Right now you can go and buy Bitcoin or Ethereum on Robinhood, Square, PayPal, Gemini, SoFi, Webull, eToro, Binance, Public.com, Crypto.com, FTX. And that heating a competitive space makes it difficult for Coinbase to grow and attract users. It makes their customer acquisition costs much more expensive. What some people don't really know is Coinbase kind of has dominated with more of the retail low dollar traders. That's what they've done really well with, where FTX and some of the other platforms where really FTX has done excellent with the high dollar, more sophisticated traders. So Coinbase tends to have uh, low dollar traders and charges high fees up to 0.6% per transaction, so like half a percent per transaction, while FTX might be one-tenth of that. 
and but a much smaller user base. So FTX on like 3% market share has 10 times the volume of Coinbase just because they get those high dollar traders who are trading a lot attracted by the low fees. That also means that now that FTX has started a push for more of the retail trading base, they're going to be eating to Coinbase's market share there. So uh, last week, as I highlighted in my newsletter, uh, FTX announced a partnership with GameStop, where GameStop is going to, as part of that partnership, carry FTX uh, uh, gift cards in their stores, which is just a clear sign FTX is going after Coinbase's average Joe retail trader base and just another huge headwind for the company. So FTX's fees about 90% lower than Coinbase. Crypto.com, which has done a lot of advertising, um, they had those viral Matt Damon crypto ads. They have fees of roughly 75% lower than Coinbase. So you get two big competitors, FTX and Crypto.com, along with a lot of others coming in at a much lower fee structure. That That, that is going to cause problems for Coinbase. And it's going to make it difficult for them to attract new users. It's going to make them it difficult to retain existing users with the high fee structure they have. Uh, all of that is not good. And one kind of fundamental problem with Coinbase's model is Coinbase is all just about cryptocurrency trading, where a lot of these other platforms like a Robinhood or a Fidelity or even an FTX, they'll offer equi equity trading and other lines of business, and they can use cri uh, crypto as a loss leader to recruit new people in. So, you know, all these places are advantaged where they can do crypto at no cost. They don't even need to make money on it because they can just make money on their other things like equity trading. While here, Coinbase is kind of stuck, kind of in a bad position of needing to charge higher fees to make their uh, business viable. Well, my question here would be, and I always look at it, is competitive advantages, right? Does Coinbase have a competitive advantage here? Well, I think Coinbase, you know, has a good brand. They've never been hacked. They've never lost customer funds. Uh, they, they, they are a well-known brand. So in terms of brand, like people know Coinbase much better than they know FTX. Coinbase has a good brand. Coinbase also had 9 million uh, roughly monthly active users or monthly transacting users is the figure in their uh, most recent quarter. So you have a, a good existing user base, people who have accounts who frankly might not want to switch. So they might be locked in and, and a big brand and you got $5 billion in cash. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of have an inferior product, at least when it comes to the fees. Uh, and I, as I talk a lot about in the article, I think you have an inferior management team. I do not think the CEO C-suite here is good. And we've seen some of that boiled to the surface with an employee petition to replace the chief people officer and chief operating officer. But I think the situation there with the management team is much, much worse than uh, people think. Now, let's talk a little bit uh, about the article, and it does uh, fire a little bit at CEO Brian Armstrong. Uh, what did you see that could be negative for the company overall? So, you know, most CEOs, especially of big companies, uh, I think tend to be really in touch with their employee base and try not to avoid, try to avoid public spectacle. That doesn't seem to be the case with Brian Armstrong. In, in response to, you know, the employee a petition to replace some leaders who the employees were calling out of touch and indifferent. He goes on Twitter publicly to say this is a really dumb petition and threatens to fire employees who are involved in this type <laughs> of conduct. 
And it's like, you, you know, there's no way to tank morale faster than to say what your employees are doing is really dumb, especially if they're accusing your management team of being out of touch. And, you know, if you listen to his podcast interviews, he doesn't strike me as particularly mature or thoughtful. Uh, it, it, it just seems amateurish in a lot of ways. And that's reflected most importantly in the talent retention and Glassdoor reviews. And there's an anonymous app called Blind where a lot of tech employees post reviews. And on there, people are saying there's a brain drain. Coinbase stock obviously hasn't done well. And uh, when the stock is falling and options are investing, people are more likely to leave. So you're seeing a lot of talent leave Coinbase. They laid off about 20% of their workforce. Uh, and usually the first employees to go when you have indifferent leadership or unpopular leadership is the best employees. Like, you know, the worst employees need a job and they stick around. But if you have unhappy employees, the best employees are the ones who leave ship first. And you, it just adds to this like huge um, list of problems the company has. Uh, of just an unhappy employee base. And over and over again, Armstrong has caused these little ruckuses. You know, he claimed credit for developing their Super Bowl ad when he did it. And the ad agency that developed called him out on Twitter in like a viral moment that added to more bad publicity. He banned employees from doing any political activism like during work time. But then the company has about $200 million of uh, company stock they reserved for like philanthropic endeavors. So it's it's kind of odd to say, hey, employees on your own time, no politics at work at all and no activism at work at all. But the company is also has $200 million war chest that we use for our philanthropic purposes. Uh, it, 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 it does not seem like a clear leadership. It does not seem like a mature leadership. And it's a leadership that's left a lot of employees unhappy. Now, of course, uh, the question I think would be is, uh, can Coinbase survive the prolonged crypto winter? Because I feel like we're in one right now. So that's totally true. And what a Coinbase bull might say, Mitch, is, you know, Coinbase did very, did very well in the boom time of 2021. And now we're in a bust. And, you know, it's a crypto winter, but the good times will come back again. My, my view is that the good times, even if they come back, aren't going to be nearly as good as before. Because in 2021, Coinbase was the dominant platform. If you were an investor looking to trade cryptocurrency, you were going to Coinbase. Now, in a boom time again, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people, retail investors, go to FTX, Crypto.com, Robinhood. There's going to be a lot more alternatives that take away Coinbase's growth during a good time. Also, their fees are unsustainable. So I think if they cut fees by half and their user growth gets cut in half, adding that together, that's going to make the boom times uh, nowhere near as good. Also, what differentiated Coinbase from a lot of the past the other platforms is they list a lot more coins on their platform. So Robinhood right now, I believe, has around 16 coins you can trade, while Coinbase has over 200, including ones like SushiCoin. And that made them a much more attractive platform in 2021's boom, when a lot of it was fo focused on altcoins. But, you know, for me, I'm a big Bitcoin fan. I'm not a fan of all the other altcoins. If you think that is the future, uh, th that tends to trade less. That tends to be Bitcoin trading is kind of ubiquitous everywhere. It's not something special to Coinbase. So if there's another boom where it's all in altcoins and that's what people want to trade, Coinbase might do really well. 
But because I think that's been played out, most of the altcoins that are scams or a lot have uh, drastically underperformed, I think that means future booms because Coinbase's business with so much around altcoins uh, are going to be less lucrative for Coinbase. Yeah, and you're um, losing, so, sorry, Mitch, what, okay. like you're losing a billion dollars a quarter, over a billion dollars a quarter with $5 billion of cash. So you got a year and a quarter left to write the ship. And yeah. I think there's a lot of things pointing in the wrong direction. Definitely. That's why I was wondering, could they make it if we had a prolonged crypto winter, right? If we had, you know, two, three years of coming down. And of course, the interest should probably demand go down away from cryptocurrency as the price comes down. So we'll definitely have to keep following to see what happens in the Coinbase situation. But I appreciate you coming on today. Definitely joining me today. Edwin Dorsey, the Substack author of The Bear Cave. And it's time I'll, I'll get out of the bear cave. Wanted to join you today a little bit in the bear cave. <laughs> I love it. But uh, thank you for joining me today, Edwin. And you're always welcome to come back on. If you ever have another company you want to come and, and talk about, the floor is yours, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good one, Edwin.